for today with Pastor Jeff Shreve, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Now, here's Pastor Jeff. Well, good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, and we are live the last couple of days on American Family Radio. We've had to go with... uh, Uh, the best of programs just because of the weather it was hard for anybody to get into the studio i know here in texarkana texas the schools were shut down monday and tuesday and even today they're shut down although the roads were much much better today and so it is a privilege to be able to uh to speak with you live from uh from texarkana texas via tupelo mississippi well One of the things that has been big in the news, other than the weather, has been the uh, primary, Iowa primary uh, caucus that that just took place there in Iowa, even though they had terrible weather. They had lots of people get out to vote, and uh, Donald Trump was the big, big winner at 51 percent, 56,260 votes. In second was Ron DeSantis at 21 percent, then Nikki Haley. And Vivek Ramaswamy was uh, at 7%. He dropped out and pledged his support for Donald Trump. And so people have strong opinions about that. Uh, why is Trump, uh, his age and just all the baggage, and why are we going down this road again? And so I wanted to talk about that. I think that is important, especially for Christians, to get a good perspective. And I think uh, somebody that has a great handle on that is Jenna Ellis. And Jenna has been uh, playing the best of because uh, of the, the time that her program airs. She'll be on live again tomorrow, but uh, wanted to ask Jenna to come on the program and just give her uh, her opinion of what went on in Iowa and uh, what does that say to Christians, to Republicans, and to Americans. So, Jenna, welcome to the program. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Always great to be with you, and um, it's actually been been uh, sad I've missed being on radio on AFR for the last few days, but really glad everyone is safe and doing well. Yes, so um, your take on uh, Iowa, not a surprise that Trump won by a huge margin, but, uh, you know, Beth Moore had something to say about it, just uh, kind of lamenting and incredulous that Christians would vote for Donald Trump. Um, What's your take on his big win in Iowa? Yeah, it was a big win, and this was historic, and there's no uh, diminishing that. And I think for uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who uh, listeners to my program know that in my personal capacity, I endorsed him. I think that he is genuinely the best uh, conservative candidate that Christians could select going into the 2024 election. I think that his goal had been to, uh, to place within a closer margin uh, to Donald Trump. That didn't happen, of course, because uh, primarily, I think, because uh, Nikki Haley is also still in the race. Um, But the interesting thing moving forward, because uh, Governor DeSantis uh, and um, Nikki Haley are both still in the race, is seeing uh, how much, if at all, Donald Trump continues to maintain that lead. Because in 2020, when he was truly the incumbent, he won Iowa with a 97% victory. And of course, that is an incumbent. It's not an open primary like 2024. But that suggests that 49% of the base want an alternative candidate. That does not bode well for the general. And on my podcast on uh, Salem Media, people can find that at thejennaellisshow.com, and I uh, broke it down yesterday. 
uh, saying that I'm going to be interested moving forward, especially to New Hampshire, to see whether that percentage for Donald Trump goes up or uh, what exactly that will portend. Because, of course, we as Christians need to be very concerned to always choose wisely, to choose the best of, of the available options. There's never going to be a perfect candidate. We can all discuss and debate who we think is the best candidate moving forward. And we should be very concerned about the general election. And if it is a repeat of Trump versus Biden, which it looks like that's very likely now after Iowa, uh, then what will that potentially forecast for 2024? Um, it's my view that if it is a Trump versus Biden repeat, then uh, then conservatives are going to strongly consider an alternative third-party candidate like we did in 2016. Uh, and a lot of Christians then were considering uh, not supporting Trump, ultimately did. But I think now the question uh, is different for 2024, not what will Donald Trump do, but who would work for Donald Trump in a new administration. Most of my colleagues, um, those who I worked with closely in the administration and on the campaign side, um, are not going to go back into a Trump White House. And so that's uh, one of the big concerns that I have. So I think that overall, we need to be praying for our nation. We need to be praying for our leaders. We need to be involved in the process. And uh, we need to pray for uh, God's will on the best possible outcome here for America. Why do you think uh, Ron DeSantis uh, didn't do better than he did? I think he ran a terrible campaign, quite frankly. Um, I think he is a fantastic candidate, but his campaign failed to meet the moment of genuinely responding directly to what conservatives, by and large, um, not just Christian evangelicals, but the entire swath of the GOP is very concerned about, which includes the weaponization of government. And this was the contrast. It was the mugshot of Donald Trump facing weaponization of government versus Ron DeSantis playing with his son uh, softball. And, and I think that that messaging was very, very off. And the fact that Ron DeSantis has allowed the Trump campaign to define him rather than meeting the moment and being aggressive in media that he would have to be. Because Donald Trump knows media. He is a master of media. And I think that the campaign uh, for DeSantis ran like this was the 1980s kind of Reagan era rather than truly meeting the moment and uh, being a head-to-head competitor um, against Trump. Well, uh, Jenna, how do you view, <clears throat> I know Beth Moore had something on X and then uh, Allie Beth Stuckey had a good comment, uh, but, you know, Beth Moore is just, uh, you know, I can't believe Christians are voting for this guy, that kind of, that you know, that kind of attitude. And uh, it is kind of one of those things where it's like, um, you know, Donald Trump, he, he has, he's, as one pastor told me, we don't like what he says but we like what he does. This was in the 2020 uh, situation. And he has done some really, really good things, but his statements can be so cringeworthy that it makes it hard to want to stand up for him. Um, Let me ask you, as somebody that knows him, he's obviously a smart person. How can he not figure out that the narcissism doesn't play well? Honestly, I think he just doesn't care. 
Um, and I think that his, that's the classic narcissistic personality, right, is to just say, I know best, and, and my critics, it, it doesn't really matter, because as long as he is sort of blunt force getting what he wants, then, uh, then that ultimately is, is what he cares about. And I think that for a lot of Christians who are still supporting him, and, and again, this is just my opinion, um, having worked for him, having um, been in the same uh, vein, I didn't originally support him in 2016. He won me over. I said, okay, he's he's the best option compared to uh, Hillary in 2016. And then he frankly surprised me along with a lot of other people on a lot of his policies, including at that time, uh, pro-life, which he's since backed away from because that's more politically convenient uh, now. And so uh, so I think a lot of Christians who are still supporting him genuinely don't know um, firsthand just how vile the rhetoric has become and how the people around him have intentionally gone after, um, for example, Casey DeSantis, one of um, his media surrogates that he props up quite a bit, accused Casey DeSantis of faking cancer. Um, they have come after her kids, a senior advisor of Donald Trump, Roger Stone, called her the most vile word that I can think of that I'm not going to ever repeat, and certainly not on air, um, but everyone can imagine what that is. Um, you know, some of these things that have intentionally gone after uh, the, the family, the integrity, and the manhood, frankly, of DeSantis in a way that is intentionally trying not just to beat him, but to utterly humiliate him. And Christians should not support that. And even if ultimately some of us um, end up voting for Trump as the best option um, if he does win the nomination, which, you know, that's an individual conscience decision, um, like it was in 2016 um, and even 2020, I don't think that any Christian should be willing to support that. And I've seen so many people, even in my own responses online, who will say they love Jesus, they're Christians, and they have the most vile rhetoric and they are wanting to simply crush the competition instead of understanding that politics ultimately is not an end goal unto itself. The point of politics is to be able to preserve and protect freedom so that we can continue to promote the truth of the gospel of Christ and live in freedom. And that's what Christians should be seeking. And so from my perspective, the rhetoric has gone so far past even anything in 2016 that initially I was planning to simply kind of stay a little objective and neutral, um, not endorse anyone personally. And I chose to endorse Governor DeSantis after I saw how badly the Trump campaign is is acting um, at this point and that Donald Trump has not has not tapered off his rhetoric or learned from that narcissistic tendency. He has only gone harder and stronger and leaned into it beyond all of the policy considerations that he's genuinely now running to the left of DeSantis. He's pulled back on pro-life. He's pulled back on a lot of um, the other policies that we all supported in 2016 and 2020. Well, if Trump becomes the candidate, you had posted on X that uh, you think Trump's going to win the primary, but he'll lose in the general election. Uh, Trump obviously has a lot of baggage. I, I felt like uh, DeSantis would have been the better choice and would be the better choice because uh, he's conservative. He's got a track record. Look at my state. And he doesn't have the baggage. He's tough, but he's not he's not just poking everybody in the eye every time he gets up to speak. Um, 
But when we look at the big picture for Christians, uh, you look at what's going on with the, the Biden administration. I mean, it's just a disaster uh, from top to bottom. I heard Bill O'Reilly talking about that, and he was, was a little bit angry. He said, no way could you vote for that guy again. I mean, he's not he's not mentally able to do the job. Uh, you know, Gavin Newsom would be mentally able to do the job and he would destroy the country even worse. So, uh, when you look at the big picture like that, Jenna, what do you tell Christians? Well, my personal advice and what I'm personally going to do and plan to do if Trump does uh, win the nomination is to look and see who the third party candidates are, because I think we have a very interesting opportunity in 2024, if it is a repeat of Trump versus Biden, that the disaffected Democrats and the moderates see that about Joe Biden. I don't think there are any circumstances that a Christian conservative um, could vote for Joe Biden. And and so certainly that's not an option. But there are a lot of uh, members of the GOP and the moderates and independents that also are not going to support Donald Trump again. And so we have an interesting opportunity that maybe this is the moment to break the two party system and to do what is in the best interest of the country by rejecting both of the the uh, primary party candidates and choosing a better way and not being forced into this um, this false choice or this false dichotomy between Trump versus Biden, but look genuinely and very seriously at third-party candidates. And I hope a sincere uh, Christian would step up. And I know that a lot of uh, well-meaning conservatives are very much considering uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, for the reason that he is not as extreme as Joe Biden. And he is more popular among moderates and independents um, than Donald Trump would be. And so I think that Christians, though, need to look overall at policy. They need to look at what's in the best interest of the country um, moving forward for the next four years, but also into the future. And if there really is a solid conservative that steps up as a third party, that'll be the way that I would recommend um, voting. All right, Jenna Ellis, thank you so much for being my guest today, Jenna. And uh, you'll be back live tomorrow, Jenna Ellis in the morning. I so will. We, we look yeah, forward to that. To All right. We're well, listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and we are back live at American Family Radio from the storm. And uh, we look forward to being with you right after the break. Don't go away. This is Real Truth For Today. Podcasts of the program are available on the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back to the program. Pastor Jeff here on this uh, chilly Wednesday morning. But uh, in Texarkana, Texas, we're supposed to get above freezing today. And uh, the roads are already starting to clear out. So we are looking forward to a great day. This is uh, church night for us. And we're having an ordination service, special ordination service uh, for uh, one man to be ordained a deacon and another one of our staff members to be ordained as a pastor. So we are uh, excited about that special time. Well, I started a new uh, series on Sunday morning uh, called The Truth About. 
Uh, it's the truth about dot, dot, dot. We're going to fill in the, uh, the blank there for different uh, sermon topics. And Sunday, we kicked off the series with the message called The Truth About the Bible. You know, some of us have this idea that to become a Christian, you have to check your brains at the door. That, that faith is contrary to reason and the Bible is just some book of myths and fairy tales and, and uh, cleverly devised uh, tales. As Peter says in Second Peter chapter 1, he said, we didn't follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But some people have this idea that, you know, all the intellectuals, the really smart people, they're all atheists or they're all unbelievers or agnostics. And, uh, the, you know, it's the it's the stupid people and the ignorant people who believe the Bible hook, line and sinker. And they're not very critical in their thinking and, and that kind of deal. Well, here's the here's the real truth. The Bible is a trustworthy collection of documents uh, ancient documents. It's the Bible is not one book. It's 66 books, 66 documents, starting with Moses who wrote in the 1400s BC and ending with John in the book of the revelation who wrote in around 95 AD. And the Bible says of itself that it is the word of God, all scripture, old Testament scripture, new Testament scripture, all scripture is inspired by God, 2 Timothy 3.16, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, we live in a day and age where people are creating their own truth, and they're creating their own reality. You know, the, the definition of truth if I can find it here in my notes, truth is that which is connected to reality. Uh, how do you know if something is true? Because it's in accordance with fact or reality. That is truth. And so we, we live in a world today full of lies. Evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And so we have <clears throat> just those who are out and out liars. They are deceivers, but then also those who are deceived. They have believed lies and then they keep uh, spouting off these lies and they are spouting them off as if they were truthful. Now, a deceiver knows I'm telling you something that's not true. And we have lots of deceivers. They're telling us things that are not true. Uh, Big Pharma tells a lot of things that that are not true. And they they present it as, well, this is solid, ironclad. This is the facts. The, we did all the studies. This is the way it is. You know, the, the uh, COVID vaccine. Oh, yeah, it's 100% effective. No, it's 90% effective. No, it's 80% effective. No, no, it's not very effective at all. You got to get a booster and then the booster's not effective. You got to get another booster and that's not effective. And, and you're on your 50th booster. And uh, the, the to, in my opinion, the... Uh, the stats and the, the facts show that the COVID vaccine is not a vaccine at all uh, because it doesn't vaccinate you from getting COVID. It's not effective and it's not safe. 
It, it has caused lots and lots of problems with clots and myocarditis and other things like that. So we got lied to by big pharma. They knew they were lying. Uh, you know, you can you can overlook somebody that is deceived and is telling you somebody in a cult that's deceived. Okay, that guy's deceived. But the person pulling the strings, the puppet master who is not deceived, he's a deceiver. That's a that's a different beast. So. Here we have people, and they are divorced from reality. I ran across this story in Rosaria Rosaria Butterfield's new book. Uh, She was speaking and sharing her testimony, and she talked about uh, this person who was a friend of hers who uh, identified as a transgender female. It was a biological male, and she's so Rosaria saying, "Hey, I'm hearing the gospel, and I'm believing it's true," and and uh, this. This person, this friend of hers, put, uh, put, I can't say her because she's not a her, but uh, put his hands on Rosaria's hands. And uh, Rosaria, in her, in her testimony, said, well, this, this person, Jill, has large hands. So Jill put uh, large hands on top of my hands. Well, somebody in the Q&A got very upset with that and said, you are promoting hate speech. And she said, well, how am I promoting hate speech? She said, well, because you said that uh, Jill's hands were large and that's hate speech. And Rosaria said, well, I'm five foot two and my friend Jill is six foot two and Jill's hands are larger than mine. So large is a descriptive adjective. And uh, this person said, well, trans women are hurt by such language and it's hateful. That's why LGBTQ plus people uh, commit suicide. And Rosaria said, but the size of Jill's hands is a measurable objective truth. They are larger than my hands. And the reply back was, who cares about your truth? Your truth isn't my truth. Your truth hates my reality. And I thought, wow, that's that's where we are today. Your truth hates my reality, so I hate your truth. Um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And his word is true. He said in John 17, 17, in his great high priestly prayer, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth truth. Where do we learn truth? We learn it from God's word, spiritual truth. And the Bible is true. The Bible is not a science book, when it, but when it speaks about scientific things, it is true. You could imagine the creator of the universe, as he uh, inspires the writing of his word, he's not going to get things wrong. He created it all. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So here's the question I want you to consider. Can you really trust that the Bible is the living word of God? As it says of itself, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, the three reasons why you and I don't have to check our brains at the door to become Christians, that we can be confident that the Bible is truly the word of God, that men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God, just as Peter said in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21. 
Well, the Bible is a unique book. That's that's reason number one. As I said, it's not one book. It's a collection of 66 books. It's written over a period of 1,500 years by about 40 authors. It was written on three continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe, in three languages, Hebrew, and Greek primarily, Old Testament is Hebrew, New Testament is Greek, but there's also some Aramaic in the Old Testament. It, and it deals with controversial topics, things like creation, things like where did evil come from, where did suffering come from. It deals with things concerning the afterlife. It deals with heaven and hell. It deals with, um, with sin and salvation. It deals with all these important topics And it deals with them in perfect harmony. Forty authors over 1,500 years on three continents in three languages in 66 documents, and it all fits together. Well, that is mind-blowing. That is amazing. How in the world would the Bible not just contradict itself everywhere when you have that many writers over that long a period of time? Well, the answer is... Men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So the Bible is a unique book. Secondly, it's a proven book. Peter said, we didn't follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And so a Bible, the Bible is a reliable uh Reliable documents, a collection of reliable documents, as Vody Bauckham likes to say, written by eyewitnesses in the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. So these guys would tell a story. This is what happened. Let me tell you what happened. I was an eyewitness, and there were other eyewitnesses there. There were other people that could uh, corroborate that. So it's a book of, of documented eyewitness testimony, corroborated eyewitness testimony, and they speak of things that are prophesied in the Old Testament. And they say these things came true. We saw it with our own eyes. We didn't make this up. It's not a fable, and it's not a myth. Interesting. The Bible says of itself, it's not, it's not m- mythological. It's not some fanciful story that somebody created that's, oh, this sounds cool. Let's say this. No. But in the last days, Second Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul says to Timothy, hey, and to every pastor and preacher, hey, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Why? Because the time will come, Timothy, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will uh, accumulate for themselves uh, false teachers in accordance to their own desires, teachers in accordance to their own desires, who will preach myths. They're going to want to have their ears tickled, the congregation will, and so they'll get these teachers that preach myths and not the truth. They'll turn aside from the truth. Peter said, hey, we gave you the truth. We didn't make up a story. We gave you the truth. And so the Bible is a book of documented eyewitness testimony, and it's not fables and myths. That's what they're going to turn to in the last days. And here's the thing. The Bible's a proven book. It's trustworthy because of fulfilled prophecy. And the Bible has a fulfilled prophecy in it. And when when a book has very clearly fulfilled prophecy. Hey, somebody makes a prophecy and it gets fulfilled, uh, whether that is in a short uh, term in, in, you know, in five, 10 years or long term, you know, Isaiah made a lot of prophecies concerning Christ. 
Well, Isaiah wrote 700 years before Christ. And uh, Peter Stoner wrote a book. He's dead now, but he was a mathematician and astronomer. And he, he looked at the prophecies concerning Jesus. And he said that the probability of just eight of the prophecies concerning Jesus, there are hundreds, but just eight of the prophecies concerning Jesus. He said the probability for those, those eight to come true in one man, he said, here's, here's the, the odds, one times 10 to the 17th power. And since most of us can't understand how big a number that is, you know, we can understand this, you know, one in 10 chance, you, you put 10 coins in a hat and I put a a red X on one of the coins and I stir them all up and I blindfold you and said, okay, you got one, one pick, uh, see if you can pick, uh, just by chance the, the, the coin that has the red X on it. Well, you have a one in 10 chance. Well, one times 10 to the 17th power, uh, now increase the hat size to the state of Texas and increase the coins to, uh, to be two feet deep uh, covering the state of Texas, have one coin in there with a red X on it, stir them all up, give that blindfolded man another shot. Here, you have one pick, and this one pick, you have to pick that coin with a red X That's a mathematical impossibility for him to do that because there are way too many coins. And I love what Stoner says. Um, He said, you know, that's just eight of them. He said, now, when you look at at the 300 prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus, he said, "Uh, any man who rejects Christ as the Son of God is rejecting a fact proved more than any fact in the world. Perhaps more absolutely than any fact in the world. That's what Stoner says concerning the reality of Jesus Christ being the Son of God. How can one man fulfill all these? Well, it has to be from God. No one could do that except God alone. The Bible is a book that you can trust, that I can trust. It's profitable and it's going to last forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. So the Bible is inspired by God, literally God breathed. It has the breath of God on it. That's what makes it alive. See, you read other books, but the Bible reads you. And I want to encourage you in this month of January, as we're still early into 2024, is to to seek the Lord, read his word. You know, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible, and it's all about the word of God. And so seek the Lord, seek him in his word. What is the Bible? It's God's mind in print. And as we get to know Uh, As we spend time in the Word, we get to know God. Sanctify them, set them apart in the truth. Your Word is truth, John 17, 17. Well, I'd love to hear from you. We're going to open the phone lines when we come back from the break. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. If you have a question or a comment, uh, I'd love to talk to you. And uh, it is just good to know that uh, God has given us his word and it's it's a sure word and we can count on the word of God 
and we can share the Word of God with people. The, the, the Word of God does not return void. And as we share it, when we shine and share, as we share the Word, God promises that His Word will not return void without accomplishing what He desires and without succeeding in the manner for which He sent it. We'll be right back. According to a recent report, Planned Parenthood continues to rake in billions despite dwindling clients. The biggest takeaway here is that Planned Parenthood is generating vast profits, including millions in taxpayer funding. And preborn, that's you and me, are stealing their clientele, meaning the babies they're trying to kill. Preborn operates on a very slim budget as they rescue over 200 babies' lives every single day and they receive no government funding. Preborn's network of clinics are situated in the darkest corners, competing head-to-head -head with the abortion giants, and they need our help now more than ever. When you donate $28 to Preborn, you will offer a free ultrasound to an expectant mother caught in crisis. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees that precious life, her baby's chances at life doubles. So please sponsor A Precious Baby's Life. Your tax-deductible gift will go directly towards saving babies' lives. So be generous. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. If you'd like to contact Pastor Jeff, email pastorjeff at fromhisheart.org. Now, back to Real Truth for Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back to the program. Pastor Jeff here, and we're talking about uh, the Word of God. We talked about, in the first segment with Jenna Ellis, we were talking about the Iowa primary where uh, Donald Trump won big, and what does that mean uh, for uh, Christians, and what does that mean for our country Obviously, you have uh, two vastly different uh, parties in between the Republican and the Democrat. And uh, for me, uh, Jenna gave her opinion on what she believes a Christian ought to do. And there may be a third party candidate that, that comes to the forefront. But uh, with the issue of abortion, people always say, well, you don't want to be a one issue voter. Listen, abortion is such a key, key issue. And so uh, I could never vote for anybody that would be pro-abortion. I could never vote for anybody that's that's pro-drag queen story hour, pro-mutilation of children through transgender medicines and surgeries. Um, I, I can never vote for those kinds of things. I can't vote for some candidate that's for open borders because our country is just being overrun with people that we haven't vetted, people that we don't know what their intentions are. And so those things are critical. Obviously, the uh, we want to have the ability to continue to uh, preach the gospel and speak the truth in love. And so we want to have um, somebody that's concerned about law and order, concerned about free speech, concerned about letting people continue to uh, to share the truth and preach the truth that uh, sin is sin and God will judge sin and God is coming back to judge in, in uh, righteousness and righteousness, it says of the Lord Jesus, he judges and wages war. So 
Uh, this is an election year, so we have to be cognizant of what is going on. We know that deliverance doesn't come from the White House. Deliverance comes from God's house. As God's people cry out to God, as we get right, as we live and walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we shine and share and we're faithful to the Lord. That's what he's called us to do. We got to make sure we politics is important in America because we this is where we live. How things are run is important because it's important for our our lives, our children, our grandkids, our great grandkids. Uh, but ultimately, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And, uh, and we follow him with all our hearts and we trust him no matter what. And we stand up uh, for truth as good soldiers of Christ Jesus. Well, we're going to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And we have D on the line from Tennessee. D, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Hi. Hi. Uh, I just, I was just very disappointed and my heart fell when I heard Jenna Ellis say that let's go, if there is a Trump Biden, which it's definitely going to be, that we should look for a third party candidate. Well, the last time we had a third party candidate that I thought was a great Christian was uh, Perot. And you know what happened? We got right. Bill Clinton. Right. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I will take Trump over a Bill Clinton type any day. Sure. And and I'm not going to tell people not to vote just because they've got to choose between Trump and Biden. I'm going to say pray for Trump. Right. Just pray and pray for Trump that he will become um, less narcissistic. And well, I already pray that he will stop and know that he's not perfect he did make mistakes and stand up for them and and to me that's the much better thing to do right now is to pray for trump yeah i would agree with that d um you know i i think that um I, jenna has uh you know she came out for ron DeSantis. i think ron DeSantis, based on based on his age and the fact that he doesn't have all the baggage that Donald Trump does uh, makes more sense to me as a as a good strong conservative candidate that will do right. Um, as that one pastor told me, you know, Donald Trump, we we don't like what he says, but we like what he does. And hats off to Donald Trump for what he did as president. He did a great job. He said terrible things. Um, you know, I say terrible things. He just said some things that are just like, ah, oh, why are you saying that? I mean. That's just that's just unnecessary. That's just dumb. That's just going to, you know, such incendiary language. But the things that he did were wonderful. And the, the things that are said about him, uh, what was it? Somebody on The View uh, said, you know, he's going to, we're going to have totalitarianism if Trump becomes president. Might, might have been Rachel Maddow. I said, watching some of that stuff anyway it's like yeah you accuse the right of everything the left is doing that's uh, standard uh, tactics for uh, Marxists you know hey we're gonna we're gonna commit the sins and accuse you of them before you can accuse us of them and so the things that they accuse Trump of doing or will do uh, that's what Joe Biden's doing right now and so uh, it's pretty amazing. I saw a clip from James Carville, and he said that uh, Christians are more to be feared than Al-Qaeda. 
because they, they can do more damage. And he was talking about Mike Johnson and um, how, you know, he's he's just a, a wacko because, you know, he believes the Bible and that kind of thing. So we're always going to get demonized. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. But I agree with you. Uh, we don't want to have a, a split situation where uh, the conservative candidate can't win because uh, half the votes go to this conservative and half go to the other, and the liberal candidate wins just based on default. So uh, I think she's just saying, you know, it, this might usher in the time where we can break that two-party system. And I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I think she was just kind of, uh, you know, thinking out loud on that. But I agree with you. I think that uh, we do need to pray for President, uh, for former President Trump. We need to pray for President Biden and just to know that the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. And so our prayers make the difference. Anything else to add to that, D? No, I, I just am. I'm with you in that this world is upside down and they're telling us there's no such thing as truth. Well, I keep telling my little Sunday school kids, don't believe everything you hear on TV. There is such a thing as truth and it's from the Bible and the Bible only. That's my thought. Amen. Amen. Thanks for calling in, D. God bless you. Well, we have our friend Raul from Texas. Raul, welcome to the program. Good morning, Pastor Shreve. I want to start a Bible study. I want to start a Bible study, and I just want to know if you can recommend a good Bible study for young Christians on how to uh, get to know Jesus and what he expects of us. Yes. Um, We were handing out uh, for a while there. uh, Greg Laurie has a, uh, a good little book about next steps. And uh, it's for young believers, people that just come to Christ and how to be a disciple. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, But if you look up Greg Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, he's got uh, he's got a good little book about that. That's very easy to read. And uh, like I said, it's it's written for a new believer. This, this is what it means to be a, a disciple of Christ. And this is how you walk with him. It's kind of like, you know, um, learning how to pray, learning how to worship, learning how to study the Bible, learning how to witness um, that kind of thing. And so it's very, very simple. But um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. So I think if you go uh, if you go and, and look up, uh, do a Google search on Greg Laurie. Yeah, and look at his books. Find it's a it's a small little book, and so it's not uh, it's not an overwhelming read by any stretch of the imagination. And you could do, uh, Raul, just uh, you know, one one uh, chapter a week, and just say, hey, we're going to focus on this chapter on discipleship, or this chapter on prayer, or this chapter on uh, church attendance, or or whatever. All the different chapters that he has. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, Raul, thank you. We have Marco on the line from Texas. Marco, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Good day, my brother. I love you. Hey, um, love you I'm too. I'm going to just ask you for prayer and wisdom. And okay. uh, just like Raul, if you could please uh, give some advice on books, on leadership, specifically at work, leadership uh, at home. And my, my main question is, how do I navigate between uh, having mercy and grace? Like, I need it all the time. But when something is getting out of hand at work or 
their free will is disrupting the workplace, how do, what does discipline look like? What is discipline and what does it look like to let go of somebody if I have to? Even uh, though I don't want to, I don't want to take food from anyone's mouth, but if, if, if somebody is just disrupting the whole workforce, what do I do? Um, is it a good coaching opportunity? I, I pray and I pray, but I see no change. Yeah. Good question, Marco. Well, I had a boss tell me one time, or he told a friend of mine, and this is so true. He said, he said, listen, Mike, you fire yourself. Here, here are the standards that we have for, for the company and for the position you're in. Here are the things that we expect. And if you're not able to do those things for whatever reason, then, you know, I'm not firing you. You're firing yourself. I'm just holding you to the standard. And so I don't think that it has to be, you know, when you do have to let somebody go and that's not ever, that's not fun for anybody, but it can be a thing where you just say, no, okay. And I think this is, this is a good thing when you have people under your, your supervision that you talk to everyone. Uh, this is what I require and this is what the company requires. And so we want you to, uh, to meet these requirements. And if you don't, um, then we, we, you know, you can put us in a position where we, you know, you can no longer be on the team. And so I, I think that if everybody knows that up front, and uh, that they know you're going to be uh, kind but firm and you don't overlook things. And when somebody is not, you know, pulling his or her weight, they get called in, they get written up, they get called out for it. Uh, that's good for the organization. I, I've always thought that it's it's good for people to be just a little a little nervous, not not scared, but just a little, you know, because they're giving their best effort. You always want your best effort at work, and uh, you don't want to ever get to the place where people are just complacent and they're just going through the motions. Uh, that's not going to work. And so, um, you know, when you're a boss, you're you're the coach of the team, whatever the the. The people that report to you, they're your, they're your team. And so you want your team to excel and, uh, and encourage them to excel. And if that means you have to, you have to get somebody off the team because it's not a good fit, um, you know, that's, that's just part of being the head coach. And, um, you know, it's not a vindictive thing. It's not a, uh, you know, a personal thing. It's just, okay, here was the standard. You didn't meet the standard. It's kind of like a teacher that, you know, gives out grades. Well, you know, you didn't turn in an assignment and you, you did this on this test, you got a 60 and here's what the numbers show. You failed the course. I mean, it's not a personal thing. It's just, this is what you did. You didn't meet the requirements. Is that helpful? Yes, it helps a lot. Can I please, uh, uh, you mention a book or something where I can read on leadership and please uh, leave me with some prayer for uh, wisdom and direction and discernment. Yeah. Okay. Let me, um, let me think for, for that particular thing. Okay. I think, uh, one of the books, uh, that I would encourage you to read would be the book about, uh, on the life of John Wooden. Um, it was written by, um, what is his name? Cause there've been a lot of books written on John Wooden. John Wooden was a great coach, great leader. And, um, let me, um, mm, I can't think of it right now, Marco, but I will, uh, 
I will, if, if you'll uh, email me, Pastor Jeff at fromhisheart.org, I'll find it for you and send it to you. So email Pastor Jeff at fromhisheart.org. But let me pray for you right now. Father, I just pray for Marco. I thank you for him calling in today, and I thank you that he wants to be uh, the leader that you want him to be. And so I just pray that you'd give him wisdom, just as your word says, and that you would give him a, a tough skin and a tender heart, and that uh, you would uh, help him to. Um, to encourage people to do their best at work and uh, Lord help him to be uh, kind and yet firm and push people forward and not let complacency uh, infect his business and uh, Lord that you would guide him and you direct him in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you Marco. Thank you for calling in. We have uh, Nelson on the line from Texas. Nelson welcome to Real Truth for today. Good morning brother. Um, I just called in to um, to say that years ago when I started college, I was going to study to be a scientist. But then the Lord called me to preach. And then I found some amazing discoveries that nature is designed according to patterns that exactly prophesy and complement Scripture. As simple as the North Star to the Triple Star the triune God, the North Star, and then there are three entities that we know of that are useful for real infinite sets. The number points on line, the number of count numbers, and numbers of all curves in space. There are infinite number of entities, but only three that apply to real sets. So yeah. you see God has already made multiple pictures of the Trinity, the triune God. Amen. Well, Nelson, I'm sorry I have to cut you off. We're out of time, but the Bible is true. You're exactly right, and we can trust it. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Well, thank you for listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I look forward to being with you tomorrow. We're going to get a testimony from a man that just got back from Israel, O.S. Hawkins. We're going to have a great program for you tomorrow. Go out and shine and share, and let the Lord use you. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.